Welcome to Loose Leaf, a multi-author writing journal where we talk goals, the ups and downs of writing techniques, and where we try to warn you off our greatest pitfalls. We'll keep it short because we don't have much time and we'd rather be writing. We've got a new guest with us today. I'm Charity. I'm Kale. We're going to have him introduce himself <laughs> in just a moment. And Hillary. All right. Kale, why don't you get us started and tell us who you are, what you write, and just a little bit about yourself. I'm Kale Von Bosi. Uh, I am a radio copywriter f uh, for most of my writing, and I am a desperately aspiring fantasy writer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Kale is here today because he had the great idea that we needed to talk about how to write from the opposite gender point of view. And when he came up with the idea, I was like, that's a great idea. You're going to do it with me. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so see, one way or the other, we will make you think about writing and, uh, and we'll get it done. Uh, no, that's a fun one for me. When Charity mentioned it, I was like, oh, we have to do this every day because we write romance. I'm always writing from the opposite perspective. And that's one of the things I get called on all the time. It's like, wait a second. Not sure they'd actually think like this. Oh, yeah. So it's fun. I'm glad. So we're just going to jump right in. I'll post a lot of links in the show notes for where we got some of this information, but I'm hoping to just touch on a few things and then you guys jump in, share your thoughts, ask your questions, and let's try to figure out how are men and women different? Or how are we the same? And how does that affect the way we're writing our stories? The first thing I want to talk about is this quote uh, that I found here. And like I said, the notes will be, uh, the source will be in the notes. It says, men are more direct in saying what they mean. They talk a lot less than women and discuss their feelings a lot less too. Do you think that's true, Kale? Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> How does that make you feel, Kale? Well, I mean, it, it got me thinking, it got me thinking, because so, uh, I guess a little bit more about myself. I'm an apprentice electrician. I work construction. That's my full-time job. But, um, you know, I have a lot of coworkers that I feel like fit that, including myself, most of the time. But I've recently started working with a guy who, you know, he's, ex he's very open. I wouldn't say extremely open, but, like, we talk about some deeper stuff. And it's, honestly, it was a bit surprising in my field. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. So... I can't say it's a universal, but you can't really say anything's universal anymore. It's true. But yeah. and we're gonna <laughs> but get to that. More, sure. Much more typically, uh, we're just shooting the breeze and talking crap. So <laughs> that's the so, PG version. <laughs> is there a reason you don't want to dig deep into deeper conversations, or um, or is it just that's just the way it is? I tend to share deeper conversations or save deeper conversations for people that I know I'm going to be spending more time with. Um, that's the way that I kind of see it. Um, that I'm, makes a lot of sense. I think that makes sense. I think from a woman's, woman's perspective, um, I think I'm going to do that, but then it all just kind of falls out. <laughs> 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 it just happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to share everything with someone, Unless I know that, like, this is going to become a friend or this is already a really good close friend. If you're trying to kind of deepen that relationship and say, sorry, uh, say, let's make this 
real. I mean, let's be yeah. let's be real with each other. Yeah, and and I mean, frankly, it's like sometimes you're just like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so you're like, we're just gonna talk about garbage all day and goof <laughs> off and laugh, like, and be fine. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on that? aspect that you would like to ask us as women how it's different for us uh, i can't think of any right now <laughs> that's I'll, okay I'll, I'll be thinking i'll keep thinking okay awesome okay. well I, I do think it's funny because i know my husband's always his one of his triggers is when i say can we talk <laughs> and he's just like no <laughs> i think i have that in one of my books where she's someone's thinking about starting a conversation like can we talk he's like no nothing good ever happens after that we're gonna rephrase <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Men often have a cut and dried problem solving solution approach to things, and they like to take charge of a problem and solve it, whereas women like to spend a good amount of time talking about it and how it makes them feel. Is that really true? I mean, really? Because I feel like I do that sometimes too. Like with my husband and I, I'm not saying he doesn't, but I wouldn't, I'm one of those solvers. I wanna get in and solve it and, um, I guess I like, I, I don't know, maybe I pull from both sides there because I'm definitely more of the talker than he is too. But I think that's more of a personality thing than a man-woman thing. Is that how yes. do you feel? I kind of feel that way too. I think my wife and I are both solvers, but we, we both need somebody who will just listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so frequently it's, that's a rough here's a problem, right? and then we'll try solving it, and it's like, I just need you to listen. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think what's rough about that as a solver is you don't realize that's what you need either. It's like mm -hmm. you think we want to fix it, but then as you're getting into this problem and there's really no fixing it, right. you're like, no, let's just back off because <laughs> I just think I needed to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Because mm -hmm. sometimes that's what brings it into perspective. See so, yeah, how you know. And then yeah. you can deal with it if you can't fix it. Well, I love that you said that you pull from both sides and that you're the fixer and that maybe that's a misconception that men are always the go-to problem solver, fixers, and women are. Because I like that you said it, it's probably more of a personality thing than it is a gender issue. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I think as I read these, all these different blogs, that's what I kind of came to. And I did find one person, uh, A. Lee Mar Martinez, I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> and uh, a link to his this particular blog will be in the bottom. But what I loved is he writes science fiction. And he said, over all of his years of writing, what he came to understand is um, this. He said, there is nothing in this universe so similar to a man as a woman and vice versa. And then he goes on to talk about how if we want to create these characters, sometimes we need to stop thinking about, I'm writing this from a man's point of view, especially if we're a woman, or I'm writing this from a woman's point of view as a man because we may start putting in all those stereotypes that aren't necessarily true. Um, do you guys have thoughts on? I think that's true. Um, I think we worry about things way too much in general. So I really like that because it's like what you said in the beginning where we all, there is no cut and dry. There's no one way that a personality or a gender is. Um, and that's something that I have found even just in getting to know people. There are certain people I've met where the guys are just really talkative and you're like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> and so it's kind of nice when you're writing, if you don't worry about that too much, that you can just write what the story needs to be. And then something that um, a friend of ours did, uh, Tamara Heiner. Yes. 
she wrote her first romance from both perspectives and she went through and wrote the entire man's side and then the entire woman's side which was really interesting to me which because i'm a pantser i don't know what's happening next so that nice. sounded really hard but uh, yeah she she did that and i've thought about that a lot as i've gone i think that's something i want to be trying to do i haven't really done it yet but is after i write my story to go back through and just go through the man's point of view if nothing else it keeps them consistent because it's true they're really a, they're, we're very similar there's a lot of things that both of us do and you you can make that character whatever it needs to be but that way you can keep him or her consistent as you go through the story. And I think it will really help voice. It will help create them as a person. It will help it make feel more real. Um, but that was just something I found to be interesting and kind of helpful because even though they really can be whatever, knowing the stereotypes helps because it will resonate with people when they're reading it. True. Even though we don't really like stereotypes and we don't like making things always the same, it resonates with people because we understand it. Uh, but then putting just enough in there to change it a little bit so that they feel original, so that they feel real, so that it makes a more three-dimensional person. I think that's that's a really cool thing. And knowing that other people recognize that is kind of nice. <laughs> Very much so. I love what you're saying because it's exactly kind of what um, this guy was talking about. And I'm not gonna go over all of this because I, I will send you guys there and you can read it yourself. But what you said, I think sums up here. He has a couple of points, but um, just for the sake of time, I'm going to talk about this one. And he said, do I care about this character? And I Aww. think that's what you're getting to. He said, every character lives or dies by the care the writer puts into them. If you care about those characters across the gender divide, if you take the time to imbue them with personality, then you're probably doing it right. And then I loved love this he said never forget that your characters even when different than you share common ground they have hopes and dreams fears and ambitions the gulf between genders might seem like a challenge but it's mostly an illusion and i think that's because all those things that you just said about everybody being different and our experiences and just mm -hmm. our personalities come into play what he got down to is as long as you care about the characters and what their goals are and what's standing in their way and how they're going to overcome it, then you're going to be able to create a real well-rounded character. Um, so I have a question. Are you good? Yes, I'm good. Okay. I, I hope have I have an answer. I might not. <laughs> she looks scared. <laughs> I'm wondering if you guys have ever had an opportunity where you've either been writing and had to consciously choose to write from that other perspective where it didn't just wasn't just oh i'm writing and here's the words um you're consciously saying how would this gender perceive this situation or one that i was thinking about that where you've been in a conversation with someone and you've thought and they have identified with how one gender's perspective would be different during a conversation does that make sense like just where you've noticed the difference basically let me think while you're thinking i have one okay <laughs> this is what spawned the idea actually awesome. i was talking to someone about like their um their meeting how they met each other their you know all that kind of stuff we all sit down at dinner everybody shares a conversation that way and one of the things she was talking about was her when her husband proposed to her and she just laughed and was like all of those proposals in those romance books are so fake because they just turn into blithering idiots and they can't say anything and he's down on one knee and he like holds up this ring and he's like well you um 
yeah, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and I was like, I have to write this in a story somewhere because she's right. <laughs> All these gorgeous proposals of everything, so you're amazing and <laughs> how wonderful you are and I can't stand to be without you. And it's just yeah. like, no. <laughs> that is pretty much how my proposal went. <laughs> it was... Uh, do you have a minute for a story I'm song? Really, I'm good. Okay, dude. <laughs> so we stopped on the way to Rexburg. We were in Provo, Utah. We were heading up to Rexburg, Idaho. And near Blackfoot, Idaho, there's a rest stop. And it's super cool. There's like a walking trail that goes off into the wilderness. On top of it was this huge concrete platform. Awesome. And so we went up there. So it's like an observation deck for That's the so area. Cool. Only I'm it was this place in my head blistering see. cold. <laughs> it was February 16th. Oh, no. The wind was blowing. I mean, it's always wind is almost always blowing up there. But so the wind is buffeting us. It is cold. Um, and we get up, and I'm like physically shaking <laughs> from the nerves and the cold. And I'm like giving her a hug and I get down on one knee and I'm like will you marry me and she's like here <laughs> you chose a rest stop <laughs> and I'm like this is where we started dating it's a, it's a thing I thought <laughs> I put thought into it but it was like Not at, the, she the was environment <laughs> was like you know we were on our drive back. She had done nothing to like get pretty that day. But for the two weeks before that, she was like dolled out on every day because like, she was just happen. expecting it's it, expecting it. And then I just, I was like, I knew she wouldn't expect it then. Yeah. But okay, so there, that was a fun moment. Nice. Was, I just like seriously, she's like yes, and then we like ran to the car because it was so cold. <laughs> moments you know where you're like these are important in my life and it's kind of fun to see them from how the guy sees that yeah. <laughs> and what the girl sees yeah. that's not always matched. yes exactly i think it's great because he was being romantic in his mind yeah. and she's like we're at a rest no. stop <laughs> Yeah. Like the commercials that we see there. Do you guys know that commercial where they're they're just driving in a car? The guy's eating like a Twizzler or something like that, <laughs> and it's like these deep thought music, and it's like, I wonder if I should start uh, learn to ride a what, a skateboard. I wonder if I should start skateboarding. And he's just sitting there chewing on a Twizzler. You see his wife in the background, and it's just like, seriously? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. I know. <laughs> That's pretty true. That's, not, that's yeah. not where my brain would have been. <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, oh. oh yeah. We're, yeah. Ugh, my brain is all over the place. Yeah, that's because you're a writer. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that comes with the territory. Did we just fall into its personality and not gender? I think so. I think we did. I think so. Okay, so I so I don't know if I have an answer to your question, but I have another question because one of the things that uh, I've always wondered if it's really a gender thing or if it's personality is I will ask my husband. So what are you thinking about? And he'll say, nothing. And when I say nothing, that means I'm I need avoiding. you to stick around until you figure out what's wrong with me because <laughs> I am upset. <laughs> and he can be like getting all snuggly and I'll ask, what are you thinking? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, okay, now I'm confused. And he tells me I'm really thinking 
nothing. And I'm like, what? Is that a thing for you, <laughs> That was. That was. I've been trained to just say what I'm thinking about. And now she just doesn't ask most of the time. <laughs> What are you thinking about? I'm like, I was just thinking about, you know, what my character in my book should do because, and she's like, okay. (laughs) You're thinking about them? Yeah. Definitely another man. Maybe my husband's really not thinking about anything because he's not writing a book. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if he's wondering about like, what angle should I cut that wood at that it should fit into this? But he's like, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) So do you think it is, though, typically more an I don't want to talk about that kind of an answer? Um, I think when when I'm asked, what are you thinking? I'm like, I should have something important to say. And if I don't have something important to say, it's like, nothing. I'm just thinking about my video game. (laughs) I mean, if you really want to know, I'm thinking about my video game. I'm thinking about... Uh, some garbage from work, like, that doesn't matter, so... You're like, how many of these things do you want to talk about? Right. There's a few. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I think. For me, that's what's going on. So, Kale, okay. since you wanted to do this topic, before we move on to our weekly journaling, what is it that you really want to know about the female mind? Do you write female characters? I am trying to. Cool. What what's happened is I've as I've been like blocking out my book, there's always been a female character who's a part of it. Okay. There are two. Three. There are three. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are three. One is the main character's mom. I know what she's going to do. There's actually a fork in the road later down, later down the storyline that I haven't decided what's gonna happen there. But there are like there are two distinct paths. She could she could die because of something or the dad could die and then she could become she could fill his place in the the storyline both of those create different motivations for the main character i have young girl who will meet the main character later down the line she leads her people in like a rebellion cool. um Strong she is cool that's yeah, Paisel. She's awesome. Um, then there is a character who I need to be a member of the party. Her name is her her. I don't want to say superhero name because that's not true. But that's cool too. But uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to her name, alter right? ego. Yes. Her alter ego is Redgrave. Nice. Uh, I don't know what her name is. I have it on a note somewhere in my phone but I'm not sure that I like it as much but Redgrave I don't know where they're going to meet her I don't know how she's going to be even interested in joining the group I don't even know what she's like other than she has a cool name and will be helpful like what the (laughs) heck is going on I, I can get into the heads of the male characters that I'm writing but I'm having such a hard time being like, well, why would this lady even care about these guys? Like, So it's really a, a question of her motivation yeah. for joining the quest. Well, and then, and then from that motivation, building who she is. So, Hillary, do you have any tips on how he could figure out the motivation? Because... I'm sitting here thinking, just remember, all it's I not can... boy girl. It's yeah. just who she is. It's right. what her life experience is. Yeah. 
Like, what has happened in her past to bring her there? And the other thing, thing, well, yeah, and it kind of just depends on how she gets there and what you need her to do. Like, if she has That's a purpose right. in their right. group, then that can, you can figure out from that how she gets there, if she's going to stay in the group, if she's going to be very long, if she's going to really connect to them, or if she's going to be kind of standoffish and just here because maybe they're giving her something. I was going to say, I love that you said um, if she has a purpose for being in the group, if you know what it is you need her to help accomplish, that will also tell you what her strength is going to be. And then you can ask yourself, well, how does she get strong in that one thing? And that could lead to what it was that pushed her into joining them. That's cool. Her something, motivation. Something I've been thinking about as we've talked about that is, um, this is a gender one, I think, where women typically tend to be very nurturing. And so depending on if she's older or younger or what, maybe doesn't matter. But um, depending on the circumstance that brings her in, there are lots of nurturery kind of things where she might stay because she thinks she can help them. She might stay because, or maybe it breaks from that and because of the experiences she's had, maybe she is anti that. You know, a lot of the time things that are typical gender qualities will be really strong one way or the other. And um, we tend to fall into extremes on those kinds of things. And it would be really interesting if she came in and was like, I'm not taking care of you people. I'm here for me only kind of a thing. So yeah. it just depends what she needs to do. Because her name is Redgrave, I consider her already to be like really strong and really yeah. independent and really. <laughs> yeah. When you called her Diane, I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is funny, but he's questioning it probably. He's like, mm, who is she? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sure you're very strong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, I know we are just about out of time. We need to wrap this up. Hillary and I have started doing our kind of our journaling on here where we want to talk about our goals and what we've learned. And so do you want to go first, Hillary? Yes, I'm excited. Go. <laughs> okay, so remind them what your goal was the last time we met. My goal was to finish my story. I had a deadline coming up. That deadline has passed. I did finish. Yes. And I actually called all my friends and was like, party, party, party. Yes. Because it's done, it's out there. It still has a little bit of tweaking to do to it, but it makes it so easy to do that when I'm self-publishing because it's there and it's it's good. Um, I know, and I read it, and it's really good. She's so nice it. to me. Awesome. <laughs> and I read yeah. it like right before it was released, so it was pretty much the <laughs> pretty much solid. Yeah. Yes, I have awesome. a couple things. I have to change the car that he has because I re I said something. He he's a billionaire, so I'm like he has a Ferrari. <laughs> like one it's super just standard but two it, i said something about him getting fancy car because he wanted to be comfortable in long drives and after i published it, i'm like i don't actually think ferraris are comfortable <laughs> i don't think that's why people buy ferraris <laughs> so i think we're going to a mclaren gt but still Brown, <laughs> right on. So, <laughs> that's one of my favorite cars on forza nice. <laughs> Man, you guys okay. know more about cars than I do. I had to ask my dad. Awesome. <laughs> he knows everything about cars. How do I talk to my son? Awesome. Okay, sweet. But they're pretty. Oh, yeah. They're real pretty. Okay, so What's what that? did you learn? Or Oh, yeah. Okay, so what I learned from that was I'm never doing that to myself again because I was up to the deadline. I'm still fixing it after the deadline has passed. It's good. But I'm still working on things, and it's just so freaking stressful when that happens. I mean, you don't like that. So what I learned, my pitfall this week, was that I, um, I gave myself enough time, but I didn't use it. 
I, how I'm working on that is I'm trying to be more consistent about my writing, my daily writing, get the story done before there's a deadline. And I'm trying to see better, um, <laughs> one of my problems is I don't work well without a deadline. <laughs> and so having a deadline, I knew I would get it done. But I tend to do that to myself to where I just, I have so many things. I mean, we all have lives. And so there's so many things going on that it's really easy to be like, it's still a long way away. I got a little bit done today. That's good. <laughs> and I'm trying to be better about having more um, a bolstered, bold, uh, strong goals. Yes. <laughs> things like this. Some kind of push up my goals to make them a little bit more than, hey, I'm just living my life. Right. <laughs> so... I'm doing that and hopefully that is going to get me to finish more stories um, in a timely manner so that once I finish the story, then I can set my release dates, I can set my marketing goals, I can set all these things because if I'm just pushing stories out at the last minute, I'm not going to be able to market them. I'm not right. going to be able to do the things that need to so that they can be really good stories before they go out. So that was my pitfall, something I'm working on and I feel like I have a pretty good handle on my going forward steps. Awesome. So, yeah, Sweet. hopefully. Yes. Crossing my tears. <laughs> Let's let it be awesome. And that's something that I think we all struggle with as yeah. well, our, our time constraints and how we use it. Okay, so before we move on, what's your goal for this next bit of time? I have another story to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I am working on, okay, so I have, I started a new series that I was planning on having come out in January. Then I just got really excited about it. <laughs> so I kept writing, writing on it. And I actually have stepped back from that one a little bit because I was thinking about my main goals really are to make money from this. I want to make money with my writing. That is important to me. Yeah. And so I was thinking about, okay, if I, it is September and the end of the year is only so many months away, what can I do in that time to make money before having to let my next book out in January? I mean, that's a bunch of months there that nothing's happening if I don't have anything happening. So I, I pulled back and I said, okay, I'm going to work on my Christmas novella series because I should be able to write those fairly quickly. They should be able to be edited fairly quickly. And then I can start, if I can get most of those done, I can start publishing them at the end of the year. Awesome. So that's my goal is I have the first one drafted from forever ago. I, I revamped the series connected all my stories, nice. <laughs> named all my characters. <laughs> That's a awesome. lot of characters. That was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and like with Red Bear, I, mean, I feel like once I name them, it's like their personalities already start coming out. I yeah. can already start to feel who these people are. And so that's kind of fun. But I named everybody. And so I'm revamping that first story. I, by next week, I plan to have that one um, a solid draft. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. And that's a 12 Days of Christmas Novella. It is set. Which will be really fun. So 12 couples. Awesome. Oh, there we go. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you want to take a turn, Kale? Do you want to set a goal? And I guess, I guess I should ask, do you ever think you can handle joining us again in the future? Would you like to? Or oh, I'd love like, to. Awesome. Yeah, okay, because we would love to, to have you. Yeah. Awesome. Side note, those were really big goals. Yes. My goals didn't used to be like that. So if your goals is finishing a scene or whatever, and that's right. the same for everybody out there. I mean, yeah. our goals are all different, and that's what makes it fantastic. So yeah. yeah. Well, if you run me through the questions, I okay. I bet I could. So what what's a goal that you would like to set? Well, I feel like it's kind of a cop out because I did it like a month ago. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're just coming but, in now. You have some yeah. extra time to report. That's okay. So right on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What I mainly write, like I said, is radio copy. 
but I research classical musicians and write about the pieces that are being aired on oh, on the radio. Cool. So what I was really proud of getting done, it was in the middle of August, I wrote three episodes in one day. Oh, wow. And cool. that normally takes me like about six hours, and I did it in like three and a half. Nice. And the rewriting process was like a breeze. Um, my editor, my boss is my editor, and so he shot back what he thought I should do. The rewriting was awesome. So it's just gonna, it's just a matter of getting it all recorded, okay. which that's gonna be part of my goal. Okay, for, for the next two weeks is to get the four episodes that I have left in this batch recorded and sent off because they're all written, yeah. but it's just getting out here before the cicadas, <laughs> you, know, you know, seriously. Well, what I'm hearing, though, is, is that your writing is getting stronger, it's getting easier, so I it's getting it. faster. I know, yeah. that's exciting. That's really exciting, Kale. Good job. So do you well, have any learning experiences that you had during that? Um, yes. There, were, there was one episode where I pretty much, okay, it was Brahms Symphony Number no. 1, and I am so tired about writing about the typical things in Brahms' life. <laughs> because there's really like five main things you can talk about. And I just got so sick of it. I tried something totally new. I brought in like song lyrics from the 70s and then a quote from something wow. and sent it. And my boss was like, this is not good. Like, oh, no. <laughs> just stick to the historical stuff and oh. kind of just swallowing that pill, I was able to actually write like a decent intro for it and well, still keep some of those ideas, but What's interesting about that is that relates very much to what um, all writers are doing, where you, you have to write to market if you want people right. to appreciate it and enjoy it. And a lot of time we'll try and pull all these other things in, and there's still ways to use them. There's mm -hmm. still, because mm -hmm. if you only write exactly the same thing as everyone else, then it's no good either. Yeah. But you do have to kind of incorporate those pieces that are familiar, the things that people want to hear, the stuff. That's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, you have to meet their expectations. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Expectations. Terrible. <laughs> And if I can put one more goal in, um, I want to figure out who Diana Cabron is yes. and really figure out why she matters to the plot, what she's going to... I'm excited to hear about it. What she's going to need from the group and what they're going to need from her. So I'm going to get that figured out. Okay. That's exciting. And we'll ask you the next time we have you here, we'll say, do you write is? that down? Yes. Yeah. I will. Who is Diana Cabron? Yeah. Redgrave. Yeah. Who is Redgrave? And that's so funny because that's very much what my goal that's last it. time was. Um, so just to fill you in, last yeah. time I got all excited about going back to science fiction and not writing romance for a while. <laughs> yeah. And my goal was I had to make some hard decisions about ages and how I was going to break the story up. And I did all that and I did a lot of research on stuff and I was getting really excited and I started to write. And it was great. <laughs> And then I hit my pitfall. Oh no. <laughs> I got a message about a deadline, October 15th, where I had to have a Christmas romance novel. 30,000 words. At least wow. 30,000 words. Written, revised, edited, edited, and turned in before October 15th. And that's where you go, <laughs> And guess what I had not written? That's terrible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had not I had about 9,000 words that I wrote at the beginning of the year, like in January. And then I put it aside and forgot about it. And for like 
two minutes, I was like, that's fine. I'll just back out. I won't be in this box set. And then it just hit me. I was like, I paid to be in this box set. I've already contributed my part of the marketing funds. I've already, you know, and I just, I just couldn't let it go. I was like, oh, you know, um, and so I had to do a complete 180. I was deep into my science fiction. I was studying military strategy for my space battles. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to talk from the guy's point of view in yeah. his, his book. I was changing ages and, and, and had started rewrites and I was happy. <laughs> so life was good. Oh, life was God. great. <laughs> life was good. And so then to have to go, I have to stop and I need to start writing romance right now. Like, where's my fluffy Christmas romance brain? I lost oh, it. Man. And so what I did to kind of overcome this pitfall is my husband was really great. For my birthday, he he gave me a night away at a hotel. And I, I know it was. And I was, you know, I took everything so that whatever I wanted to do, I could do. I could write, I could plot, I could do whatever. I don't have cable at home, so I sat all night and watched Hallmark movies to get back in the romance mindset. That is <laughs> <Been there>. smart. <laughs> and then I came home and I started watching Christmas movies. I was like, okay, we gotta we gotta think Christmas because I mean it's it's hot right now in August. At the time it was August, and uh, I was not thinking Christmas. I was not thinking romance, um, but kind of re-immersing myself into that world has helped and. I now have almost 20,000 words. So this week, my new goal is to finish this draft because then I've got to get it to beta readers. I've got to get it to editors. I've got to get that thing finished. Also, I'm working with her right now and I'm reading some of it and I did not want to put that down. Awesome. I came over here to do the podcast and I'm like, okay, I have to set this down, but I really don't want to. She was really good. She's doing good. Oh, thank you. That really that really makes me feel good because I was I felt like mentally I was struggling. But something I learned, I guess the last week and a half. Struggle as well as you do. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, there's ten years. It better start coming easier, right? I mean, if if I if if I couldn't crank something out, then I would I should just stop. (laughs) (laughs) After ten years, (laughs) (laughs) don't listen to her. listening to last weekend we did a little road trip and I was listening to a podcast don't ask me which one I'll try to find it and and put a link to it but uh, it might have been a TED talk they were talking about multitasking uh, but multitasking slowly and as we listened I realized okay when I used to put out more books I multitasked I was writing science fiction and romance at the same time and however I felt that day that's what I worked on and so I wasn't you know, making myself, okay, you have to finish this. Or, you know, with the deadline, I now have to finish the romance. But um, in the two weeks that I've been writing on it, there were times where I was fed up. And so I simply closed that document and I opened my science fiction and I worked for like 30 minutes, did like two, three, 400 words. And then I was like, okay, I'm happy again. I can go back to the romance. So for me, what I've learned is multitasking with my writing actually is helpful for me because when I get stuck, you know, we've talked about getting blocked in the past and how writer's block shouldn't really be a thing and it probably isn't, it's just, you know, but for me, that helps me get over writer's block because I keep writing, I keep doing something, it keeps me in that habit and I actually think it makes my writing stronger to mix those genres. That's what I've learned. 
Cool. And I'm hoping to take that forward. So <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to ask if I could insert a little something. Oh, yeah. So I've been I've been reading a book called Range. Um, it's by David Epstein. It's a book that's anti specialization. Uh, one of the things one of the things he references is like a joke uh, that doctors make sometimes about like oh we need a def- we need to find a, a left left ear doctor <laughs> and then they have to check to make sure that that's a joke and there isn't actually a left ear doctor <laughs> because specialization is getting so crazy in certain fields um, I mean kids are in football from four to high school hoping to get into football. But you look at the most successful people in those fields, Yo-Yo Ma, who started as a violinist and then later, I mean still early, but later went to piano, decided he didn't like it, then went to cello Mm -hmm. and then became like the best cellist in the world that we know of. Yeah, Yeah. there's (laughs) Um, nothing to be said for experience. Right, right. Well, okay, so in Venice, there was a a hospital uh, that was run by nuns. And people would drop off children that they didn't want. And this was a girls' orphanage. They studied music. People traveled to Italy to listen to this orchestra. And they performed behind a like behind something? a screen. And what, what many people didn't realize is Wait. that they would perform all these incredible pieces and then change instruments. Anyway, so he talks about range. How these girls were taught by the nuns. They were taught math. They were taught... All these other things, but they also picked up instruments, but they continued to learn all the other instruments that were around them. And they became some of the best That goes back to that multitasking idea. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, And that's that's what got me onto it, is you you said, I found it easier to write when I was writing both. Yeah. Yeah, because it gets your, your mind going that way. So having... Having a range of things that you're involved in can can cross over and yeah. make you better at, at the, so that's range by David Epstein. I think this has been think super fun and I cannot <laughs> wait to do it again. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's been nice. <laughs> Until next time, we're just a bunch of goofy writers, and we hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye.